0: Good morning, chapel. You know, when our son-in-law was in seminary in Deerfield, Illinois, that's right close to Chicago. And uh, if you've not met Bob and Polly Toporek, they have a history there. And it's good to see them this morning. Uh, But when uh, Tim was in the seminary, we had the opportunity to visit a couple of times. My wife and I were up there twice uh, at least uh, and we uh, we um, were there at least a year, year and a half apart and we had an opportunity to visit Moody Church in Chicago and we heard the two times that we were there exactly the same sermon. <laughs> so Uh, About 10 days ago, when I found out that there was a need for somebody to fill the pulpit this morning, Richard asked me if I was available, and I said, yes, I can be. And I was talking to my wife, Elna, and I told her the topic that I intended to speak on. And uh, the loving wife that she is, she reminded me that I had already done that topic in a Sunday School class here at the chapel less than a year ago. So uh, I'm not gonna subject you to the same subject today. It will be a different topic. Um, Anyway, last time I was here, which was in December, uh, not here, but up at this pulpit, um, I spoke on a word that meant a lot to me. I spoke on remember, or remembrance, and I'm not going to go there again, so you can be assured that this is not a repeat. I've never done this before, but it's something that's been on my heart for a long time in a vague way or in a, in a particular way which may surface as we proceed through my comments this morning. Um, today, I would like to focus on another word, and I told you last time I was up here that I don't do word studies per se, but I find myself focusing on a word that shows up some 40-plus times in the New Testament. And uh, it's a word that means a lot to me, and hopefully it will mean a lot to you and to all of us as we see what the Word of God has to say about that word this morning. So if you would pray with me. Our God and our Father, we're so grateful to be in a place like this where we can share and worship and adoration of our savior he's more than worthy and father we we commit our time to you now as we look into the word and consider the subject and the word authority from your vantage point point. and father we commit the time to you and we ask that you would bless that you'd open our hearts our minds clear our thoughts of things that would uh, detract, enable us to hear your word clearly. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. The word I'd like to focus on this morning, if you have a bulletin, you see it on the back side or the back cover of the bulletin this morning, is the word authority. Um, Authority is a word that has to do with power or jurisdiction over something. And... uh, For those of you who are new this morning, I'm sorry about the glove. Uh, I severed a few fingers a while back, and my fingers freeze all the time, so I'm covered up on this side. I'm not a terrorist, such as you know that. (laughs) At any rate, the word authority uh, has to do with uh, power or jurisdiction, uh, and definitions include, and I would tell you to just listen carefully to these definitions, because they're going to show up later. In my message this morning, uh, definitions include the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce. It's also defined as a person or an organization having power or control. It's defined as well as the right to act in a specified way. Usually, that right is delegated one to another. And it also defines it in the dictionaries as the power to influence due to a commanding manner or some recognized knowledge. And it's also defined as a person with extensive or specialized knowledge. Now, if you've been in the military like I have, and several of you out there have been in the military at one time or another, authority is not something that you have not run into. Chains of command in the military are built uh, on authority at various levels. Uh, you'd be familiar with that, with officers ranking higher than you, etc., Or possibly, if you're a student at the university or you're pursuing a degree, you have professors that claim to be, and in fact, some of them are, authorities over a particular subject matter, having devoted most of their lives professionally to study and pursuit of that particular discipline. I want to take a look, though, today at ways in which authority is depicted in God's word. and hopefully to help us understand some important truths about authority and be able to respond to authority appropriately. Biblically, to begin with, authority is delegated. Authority just doesn't happen. It's delegated. It's not intrinsic. You're not born with it. Your authority, if you have any, you have been given by someone or some organization. Authority is given, it is delegated. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, we're told that when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to minister, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The power and authority were given to the disciples by Jesus. In 2 Corinthians, Paul refers to the authority the Lord gave us, and this is this is quoting a scripture verse uh, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10:8 the authority the Lord gave us, Paul says, for building up believers. That authority was given or delegated by Jesus to Paul. And I would submit here this morning that pastors and those in leadership in churches are given authority of some kind as well. It's not intrinsic, it is placed upon pastors for their ministry. At Jesus' trial, Pilate had the audacity really, if you want to call it that and whatever, to ask Jesus, don't you realize I have the power or the authority to release you or crucify you? And what was Jesus' response? You would have no power or authority over me at all, unless it were given or delegated to you from above. Even Pilate's authority was delegated. In Romans chapter 13, we sometimes try to avoid that chapter because it tells us that we're supposed to submit to authorities and governing authorities and so on. And that gets harder and harder at times. But in chapter 13 of his letter to the Roman Church, the Apostle Paul states this, referring to governing authorities. All authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And with with respect to governing authorities, the authority delegated to them is for specific tasks. Specifically, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, to do good and to punish wrongdoers, and incidentally, we're admonished to pray for those in governing authority so that we can live a peaceful and quiet lives marked by our godliness and dignity. Is there any question that prayer for our authorities in government are needed. I suspect, and I'm not going to steal the Timothy thing right now, that's where I was reading from, but I'm not going to steal that because Pastor Brad, when he returns, and I believe that will be next week, um, he's going to take off on chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, so he'll pick up those verses and run with them, so I'll leave it at that. A bit later we're going to deal with Jesus' authority and we're going to find out that Jesus' authority was delegated and is delegated by his Father. He was not acting on his own behalf, he was acting in obedience to his Father's will. Well, one of the obvious things when you think about authority is the fact that authority can be abused. It doesn't take a a Rhodes Scholar or a you know, somebody of that nature to understand that power is abused has been historically and continues to be to this day. History is full of it. Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot, Hitler, Putin, and we'll stop at that. History is full of power or authority being abused. The scriptures themselves give us a huge dose of this reality, the abuse of power. You only have to look at Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, who we just finished studying the book of Daniel with our pastor Brad, Herod the Great, many of Israel's kings and kings in surrounding nations, The abuse of power is rampant and always has been in human history and continues to be. Jesus told his disciples in the book of Matthew, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over them. But among you, it will be different. Clearly, Jesus was referring to to at least one kind of abuse of authority and establishing an authority of a different kind, an authority of service. And I would suggest, too, that the chief priests abused their authority by authorizing Saul, who became Paul, to arrest and imprison first-century Christians. We find that in the book of Acts, chapters 9 and and chapter 22. And may I also suggest that the expanse of human history, that such abuse in the expanse of human history, that such abuse is indeed present in our current culture and provides more than ample testimony to the validity of God's assessment of humanity. We read in Genesis chapter six, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Some things never change. Jeremiah told us the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And Jesus himself told us, out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Then the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Are there any doubts about the condition of humanity? Authority can often be questioned, and it often is. I'm a baby boomer. Some of you in here are. We're now aging. We're about to boom out of the place (laughs) in some senses. Uh, But I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 1947, right after World War II. I was in college in the 1960s. You young people weren't here to recognize this or see it, you've probably seen it in some documentaries in places, but in the 1960s the Vietnam conflict was full-bore. Some of us got taken up into that one way or another. Uh, Anti-war protests and demonstrations were all over the nation at the time. They were abundant and sometimes violent. Those were the days of the Students for Democratic Society, which wasn't so democratic, in fact, and the Black Panthers, LSD, for example, and flower children. And a very popular slogan during those days was, question authority. Didn't matter what the authority was, but the mantra of the day was, question authority. Some of you probably remember those days. In all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see priests and elders questioning Jesus' authority. In Matthew's account, when Jesus was teaching in the temple, the chief priests and the elders asked, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? In Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus forgave the sins of a paralytic, religious teachers questioned him, saying to themselves, That's blasphemy. Does he think he is God? Jesus quickly demonstrated his authority by saying, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic man, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And guess what? The paralytic stood up, got his mat, and went home. Can you imagine questioning God's son? It happened, and it still does. What can we say about Jesus' authority? One of the things that's always impressed me when I read the Gospels, especially the Gospel of Mark, and it'll show up in just a second, Jesus' authority was obvious. It was obvious and it was recognizable. Whenever I heard, had the opportunity to hear Dr. Billy Graham preach, I was always impressed by the authority with which he proclaimed the gospel. No apology, no fiddling around with words, just authoritative. I loved it. Can you imagine what it must have been like to hear Jesus speak? Listen to these responses Matthew 7:28, and 29. The crowds were amazed at his, at his or Jesus' teaching because he taught as one who had authority, and not as the teachers of the law. Matthew thirteen fifty four. The people were amazed and asked, "Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers?" Mark one verse twenty two people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Mark 6, verse 1, many who heard him, heard him were amazed. Mark 11, the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Luke chapter 4, they were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. Luke 4, verse 36, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching? With authority and power he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. John chapter 7 verse 46 when the temple guards had sent, uh, were sent by the chief priests and Pharisees to arrest Jesus they returned without Jesus. And when the chief priests and Pharisees questioned the guards, they said, why didn't you bring him in? You know what the answer was? No one ever spoke like this man does. Jesus speaks with authority that is obvious and recognizable. Can you imagine what it would be like hearing that Jesus teach cast out demons heal the sick by simply saying a couple of words or calm a raging storm simply by saying hush think about that jesus had authority moving on jesus authority was delegated it was given to him by god in fact jesus authority is supreme there is no higher authority than His. There's nothing higher. Jack called us to worship this morning by reading one of the favorite, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, and I think it would do well for us to hear some of this again. Colossians 1. I'm going to begin with verse 15, chapter 1. And just to reiterate what Jack has read, and I love that, that you had that in there, Jack, because it's, it fits right into what I'm thinking and what I'm trying to communicate. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. His blood shed on the cross. And I would jump now to chapter 2 and add a couple of verses. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. That is our Savior. And Jack read two verses that I had not intended to read, but they bear repeating as well. Verses 13 and 14, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Jesus has authority to forgive Sins. And if you have come and recognized your sin, confessed that sin to Jesus Christ, and asked him for forgiveness, he has the authority to forgive. And he has. We can rejoice and praise his name for that. In Matthew 28:18, there's almost the summary statement. <clears throat> Jesus himself says before he ascended into heaven, he told us this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been delegated or given, has been given or delegated to me. It's reiterated by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 27. From the New Living Translation, the scriptures say, God has put all things under Jesus' authority. Thinking back to the definitions that I read at the beginning of this message this morning, Jesus has the authority to give orders, to make decisions, to judge, and to enforce. Jesus is the person with control or authority. Jesus has the power to influence due to his commanding manner. Jesus has extensive and specialized knowledge. He created everything, it takes a little bit of knowledge. And then we finally just read, Jesus has all authority. And I just changed that word all to total. His authority is total, it is complete. Perhaps most importantly, Jesus does not abuse his authority like so many humans do. His authority was not flaunted or abused. It was humbly exercised in obedience to God the Father. There's a particular incident recorded by Matthew and Luke, which illustrates, for me at least, much regarding Jesus' authority. And this goes back to a certain centurion A Roman military officer who knew something about authority because he was in the military and he was under military authority and he commanded certain military authority. This centurion heard about Jesus. Dolly did. Never met him, heard about him. But he recognized Jesus' authority. and he humbly accepted that authority and he believed in that authority and he called for Jesus to heal his ailing slave Jesus, and he told Jesus when he asked for him, he says you can, hand, you can heal this guy with your word, all you got to do is say so that's recognition of authority Jesus could and he did heal the servant and he responded by saying, I've never seen this kind of faith in Israel. So that, to me, says something about how we recognize the authority of Jesus, we yield to it, we trust it, because it is total. All authority is Jesus. His authority is ultimate or total. And one day, perhaps not too far in the distant future, Jesus will destroy all earthly dominion, power, and authority, and he will retain his own and that of the Father. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to finish here this morning by reading a few verses from Philippians and I'm going to change versions here because I like this version. I just acquired a New Living Translation and I want to read some verses from Philippians that will kind of cap out where we're at with this. (coughs) Though he was God, Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. doesn't sound like abuse of authority to me. And we can rejoice and praise God that our Lord Jesus Christ, having all authority, authority over everything, was humble enough to give himself for us. Pray with me, if you would. Father, we're overwhelmed by these words. Help us, Lord, to recognize and submit to the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he didn't flaunt and that he didn't abuse, but he exercised his authority humbly in obedience to you. And we pray, Father, that we would respond much like the centurion in the first century, that we would respond by recognizing that authority Acknowledging that authority, submitting to that authority, and Father, just obeying all that that authority entails. We commit this to you in the powerful and wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.